As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It's... Sunday, as we record, the NCAA NCAA basketball tournament is going on. Coach K is still alive. Ari, as I was watching the final minutes of of Michigan State and Duke, I just started making football comparisons. I couldn't help it. Like, what if this was Nick Saban's last? Because, I mean, they looked done. They they were down five, and they they came back. Duke Duke really did kind of dig deep to, to get back, but... I was thinking, okay, what is this? What if this was Nick Saban's final game? And also, who is football Izzo? Like, I don't know if there's a football K either, but I think I know who football Izzo is. Who's football Izzo? Bob Stoops was football Izzo. That's perfect because he won a national championship right the same year, I think, even. Well, you want to hear something wild. Bob Stoops won his national title seven months after Tom Izzo won his. Yeah, that is. He's not an active coach, but yeah, that certainly makes the case. You want you want to know the prevailing thought that I had while watching games this weekend, Andy? What's that? Especially because I'm on a bunch of group texts with guys, uh, you know, good friends of mine who are texting constantly, and there's like this prevailing no, like I I want Michigan State to win. I hate Coach K. Get uh-huh. out of there. And like this I, this isn't a unique phenomenon in the Ari no. Wasserman friend group. And the thing no, that I've always wondered... he's probably the most disliked elite coach in sports, I think. But when somebody has accomplished... I mean, first of all, we, we watch sports to witness greatness, right? Right. And I know that people sour on the same results all the time. Um, but how can you like watch his temperament, his mannerisms, how much he clearly cares about his players, what he's accomplished, and root for him to fail right now? And it's just like, I think it would be awesome if they made the final four in his final year, because that, that's just like the man is iconic, you know, and everybody that I've come in contact to seems to have this dislike for they were laughing when North Carolina beat him in his final game at home. And it's like, why do people hate successful coaches? Like, so, what, okay. I, let, the, let me, the let me stop process? you there because there are people who hate Belichick and there are people who hate Nick Saban. But I think there are a lot more people who have grudging respect, even if they dislike the teams that Belichick and Saban coach, that they still say they're the greatest. I love them. 
Something about Coach K specifically rubs people the wrong way. I Can don't, you put your finger on it? That I'm not exactly sure what it is. Uh, you know, a lot of it's like, you know, giving the guy advice in the handshake line who just beat him. Hey, don't showboat us or, you know, or, uh, you know, they, they lose to North Carolina and he's giving a speech after the game. Like, can you ever imagine Bill Belichick giving a speech after a loss under any circumstances? Well, remember how he started that speech. Well, I remember. Yeah. I mean, shut <laughs> up. He, he was telling people to shut up and said that's unacceptable. He's supposed to be addressing the crowd and saying goodbye to Listen, Cameron the, Indoor, and he was more concerned. I mean, I think that's what makes him great. And you want to know the, what the, my actual The, the only is? acceptable coach grabbing the mic speech, by the way, in the history of sports, like in, in competition, I realized this was after the game, is Sam Weish when they were throwing <laughs> stuff on the field. And he took the mic and he goes, you're not in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what my prevailing thought is, Andy? Yes. I think there is a certain hatred towards Coach K because Duke is a, a very uh, respected academic institution. Because it's an elite academic institution. And I yeah, think it, that people view him and his teams as being elitists. I think that's right. And and a little bit, tr- a little bit too try-hardy. Like, they always have better players i mean they'll not always like you know when they have to play kentucky or north carolina or kansas they don't always have better players but they usually have better players than the team they're playing and when you see that dude slap the four you're like oh come on don't act like the worst player at the y right now yeah i just feel like i'm weird i'm not rooting for him to fail i think it's cool that he's succeeding right now and i hope they make the final four because if you give your life to something and from all, all we know, whether we like his temperament or his personality or some of the things that he's done along the way, our understanding is that he did things the right way. He built a program and uh, you know did and accomplished things in college basketball that no other coach really has. And to me, I respect that. So the thing why I find I interesting see- about him, and this is similar to Saban, where he changed his philosophy. Remember when Elton Brand decided to go pro or no? I mean, before uh, Corey Maggette decided to go pro, I, Brandon Maggette were around the same time, but people freaked out like, how could you leave Duke early? And Kay was not particularly thrilled about it. But then as things evolved, he watched, he saw Calipari doing the one and done thing. He saw Calipari get into final fours and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do the one and done thing. Just, you know, better. Well, so it's evolution, being able to evolve, you know. Right. And, but, you know, this is a football podcast. I know that. But I view Nick Saban and the great coaches the same way in football, you know. And it's just like there's people who probably hate Alabama because they're tired of seeing him uh, there every single year. But I don't view uh, him negatively. I think he's a, he's I, a I pioneer. Don't, I don't think people um, other than LSU fans hate Nick Saban the way people hate Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. I mean, what's the hate? He's like, like, that's the thing that's so funny to me. It's like, why do you hate somebody? Because he's good. Like, he's good in a way that you don't like. That's that. That's really all it is. And Saban was hated like that for a long time. Saban has just been so good that it, it, it has become undeniable. You know, I guess with Kay, and look, he's made the second way of the tournament 26 times now. Like, that is obscene. <laughs> There's really no argument. He's... I don't know if he's in a class by himself, but he's in a really rare group of, of basketball coaches 
So with Saban, he's clearly the best who's ever done it. And so it does make it somewhat undeniable. But with Kay, he's close enough to undeniable that even if you dislike him, even if you dislike the way he does it, you still have to appreciate what he's done. Well, I'm not a big basketball buff. So if I miss somebody that's obvious, forgive me. But who are the other coaches that are in Coach K's class? Or is it John Wooden? Is like well, that, John is that the Wooden list? Is, is probably the one who is in his class by himself, but John Wooden coached in a different era. I'm not sure John Wooden could have could have stacked national titles in this era. No, absolutely not. So I mean, Coach K is is up there with the best of the best. I don't do you put Roy up there? I don't know his stats off the top of my head, but K's got more national titles. K beat Roy when Roy was at Kansas for a national title. Uh, they were, you know, very competitive when Roy, uh, was Roy at North is Carolina. up there. But I think that there's like different classes too because, and this is the the craziest thing about Saban, is that Nick Saban built Alabama to what he was, but the man also won a national championship somewhere else. So just in case anybody right. wants to say anything about how Alabama is a system or, you know, it's the program. And I, and granted, I know LSU also kind of recruits to itself, but but LSU stunk, but well, not stunk. LSU was a middling sec program before Nick Saban got there. Doing it in multiple places and building multiple places, I think is fascinating. And sometimes I wonder if it weren't for Nick Saban, if, if LSU would be what it is now. Um, Oh no, I don't think they would. I, he created a blueprint, not only for LSU, but at LSU, he created the blueprint that he then brought to Alabama. And LSU continued to subscribe to it. Correct. So it, it's funny uh, to me because it's just like, how do LSU fans actually view Nick Saban? I don't even know the answer to that. I mean, do they I, view I, him? I don't think they hate him as much anymore because, look, he did go to the NFL. And, and I, I know it's become cliche at this point. But I believe that if Drew Brees had, if that trade had been consummated and Drew Brees had gone to Miami, Nick Saban would still be coaching the NFL. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I know about the NFL is if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. And I don't care how good the rest of your team is. uh, You need a quarterback who's at least above average to get anywhere you need to go. And getting somebody like Drew Brees in his prime uh, would have certainly been a nice little leg up. And it's just like when you look at the NFL, who are the franchises that are most uh, in the dumps for the longest periods of time? It's the ones that are turning over quarterbacks and trying to draft ones. And it's like, Oh my God, Bengals draft Joe Burrow two years later in the Super Bowl. It's like, Oh really? Like there's like, there's a major correlation. Suddenly like the, the Bengals are a stable organization that, that spends money on. Oh wait, they don't, but they have the quarterback now. So, So, you know, that's uh, you know, that's a very fascinating take. And it's, it's funny because, they're with Urban Meyer this year, not doing very well, and obviously he had some off the off the field stuff that he has to work through. But it just the the idea of like going into the NFL or, or going from college to pros, and maybe maybe it's different in the NBA. But what is the thing that makes it so hard for people who are so brilliant? Is it? And my main idea is that the people who are brilliant in college are amazing at recruiting. And yes. that is the thing that carries them the way. And, and in the NFL, you don't have any control over the order in which you draft uh, outside of wins and losses. And of course, free agency and the financial constraints that come with it are all part of the game there. So, you know, the fact that, I mean, in Nick Saban's tenure at the Dolphins wasn't bad. Was, wasn't he like 500? No, and, like, it wasn't and a disaster. Were, they played the Patriots tough. Like they, they frustrated the Patriots. So it's not like he wasn't 
good there. It's that he, again, which we see this a lot with him, and and this is something Coach K has been able to do. He saw the future pretty well. As soon as that Drew Brees thing didn't happen, he's looking down the road at at what that quarterback situation is going to be going forward. And it's like, well, I don't think I'm going to win here. And just and being so able he, to be real with yourself about the situation that you're in and what the future can hold. I think also, I think Mal Moore was camped out in his driveway and wouldn't leave. Like at that point, because remember, Rich Rodriguez is a, had ex- tentatively accepted the job, then called back and be like, no, I'm going to stay at West Virginia. So Mal Moore was out of options. Like he, this is January at this point. He had to hire Nick Saban or he was probably getting fired. Yeah. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's, it is funny because they're there. And I don't know if it's just because of my profession or because I just love college football so much. But as I watch the NCAA tournament, I mean, you and I all weekend were we're texting about things and it's just like, we're trying to make parallels um, to the college football game. And I think the most interesting one of them all was when we were texting about the budgets uh, last night. Oh my gosh. Saint yeah, Peter's, we were te- the St. Peter's Tell people budget. the numbers that we found. So I looked up uh, that if you haven't, if this is all on the internet, it's available for anybody to look at. It's the department of education's equity and athletics database. It's not, it's not a perfect measure of everything because schools have different accounting methods, but but it's a good apples to you know mostly apples to apples comparison for stuff, and so I looked up the St. Peter's basketball budget for the last reporting year, which I think was I think was the last year before the pandemic. I think they're a little and behind before on and that. before you tell them, Andy, yeah. I want everybody to internalize in your heart and in your brain your guess. So just think right now, take a second. What do you think St. Peter's spent in a calendar year in the recent years on their basketball budget, and then three? Two, one. Andy? $1.5 million. How much did Kentucky spend in the same last reporting year? $18.8 million. The funniest thing, too, is that Coach Cal alone made almost nine times as much, maybe eight times as much in a single year just based on six times. I don't know. I'm not very good at math. We've established that on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, One and a half. Yes, whatever. $9 $9 million uh, just in his salary. And it's just like, to me, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, because even in the biggest upsets in football, and granted, I understand that basketball and, and football are very different games. Right. But what is the most the only lopsided budget that you could even ever come up with in terms of an upset like that is App State and Michigan back whatever year that right. was. Right, and the budgets were different numbers. Like, if I gave you Michigan's 2007 football budget, You'd laugh now because that that'd be like a, a group of five budget now. But what is the like when Purdue beats Ohio State or when you know South Carolina almost beats Alabama? The biggest upsets that we get in the last five years, you lose to a team that's clearly inferior and doesn't have nearly as much talent 
and, and it's crazy. Yeah. But at least the investments, maybe it's the collective bargaining agreements with the television contracts and these conferences, but it's not like Purdue beating Ohio State is the most bonkers thing in the history of no, the world. Purdue's because the also rich. Like, it's, yeah, they're it's rich. Basically like, it's basically like they they both live in the gated neighborhood. Ohio State just has a little bit bigger house. But it's not like, I like just look at it from a financial standpoint. And St. Peter's looks like they ironed on their jerseys at the YMCA <laughs> before the game started. Oh, Ari, just this that St. Peter's making it to the to the Sweet 16. That that means we're in a week of this. So like when when Florida Gulf Coast became the first 15 seed to make it to the second weekend, a few of us ventured down to Fort Myers. Like I'm, I'm in Gainesville, so it's a four-hour drive. I, I had covered, I think, a region in Detroit or a sub-regional in Detroit. I came home, and they're like, "Get your ass to Fort Myers," and I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'm going to Dunk City." And I spent a glorious day in Dunk City, writing a story about those guys before they went to Dallas to get shredded by Florida, and it was awesome. But because of where St. Peter's is. You're going to get some capital J journalism about the Peacocks. Oh, yeah. Because they're in Jersey City. They yeah. are a path train away from all of the elite of the elite Big J journalists. Well, I thought that was funny that they, the coach said after the game, I've, all our guys are from Jersey and New York. You think we're afraid of this tournament? And I thought that was really funny. Oh, yeah. But I honestly, you know, and, and this podcast is a safe space. We can be honest with each other. I had never heard of that that school before this this tournament started. So and I, I don't know had if you because have. I covered one of their games. They they were a, a an early conference opponent for the the first Florida team that won the national title, and they had a they had a, a guy I think who was the returning leading scorer in the NCAA. Whose name escapes me right now? And then they go out and beat Kentucky, right? So it's just like, and if you're if you're a Kentucky fan, not even if you're a Kentucky fan, but if you are a administrator at Kentucky, do you just like look at the balance sheet and just go, what the hell just happened here? I think you do that, and I think you you kind of wonder how like because Cal basically has a lifetime contract, but the fan base is now soured on him. And look, he can get him back by winning a national title, but. It felt like this team was actually built that way, like built correctly, could beat you in many different ways, had the most, con- like the only problem they had was inconsistency other than Oscar Shibway. Like Oscar Shibway showed up for every game. He was awesome in every game. But you didn't know what you were going to get out of out of various play, out of Wheeler or Grady or Ty Ty Washington, you know, from game to game. And when everything was was cooking, or even when most everything was cooking, they were capable of winning. But they, they had several games where they they just showed up and Oscar was the only guy playing. You know, that, this the, game this game and this run, and it's not like this is the first time that a team like St. Peter's has advanced the way that they have. But this to me is the reason why I hate comparing college basketball to college football. You know, people were tweeting at me, do stars not matter and all this stuff. And, you know, like not to me, in basketball, I, because not, if your stars play badly and the other team has a couple good players, you can lose, especially if the other team has good chemistry. But I don't even know what like what upset you would equate that to. And it's and it happens. It's not the craziest thing in the world of a, a, a one right. loss was, to a 16, like three or four years ago. So, right. Like if you want to make a 15 is beaten a two. It was, many, so it's happened 10 times. But what game in college football could you make a comparison to of just like that is the same thing as Kentucky losing to St. Peter's? 
Like I can't okay. even the Appalachian State team that beat Michigan didn't they win the national title the year before they and did. that year at their level? Yes, they did. So at, like, at FCS, I, yeah, it's like what Jacksonville State beating Florida State is that like a is that a budget numbers that, that crunch? Kind of, kind of like that. Georgia Southern beating Florida. Yeah. That's probably. I mean, that FCS beating an FBS is is probably and and that's really what all the a lot of these schools are. I guess it just costs a lot more money to run a football program than yes. a basketball program because there's more players, more and also equipment. because there's there right there's 22 position players versus five, and you've got to have like that. That's how you stack your advantage. It's just like I mean, the, that's the salary thing is what blows my mind. It's yes. like the, the the coach of the team that lost makes what was it you said five times as much, six times as much, six times as much as the other team's entire budget. Oh yeah, one and a half, six, nine. Got it. Yeah, uh, nice. <laughs> um, I just. By the way, and like uh, that's including for, travel, facilities, yeah, nutrition, everything. coaching. Yep. I mean, that's everything. And Cal yeah. made six times as much of that just in his own paycheck. For the, and for then the trip lost. down memory lane, Kedron Clark is the name I was searching for. He averaged twenty six point three points a game in the 05-06 season, and then I saw him in Gainesville in uh, in November of '06. And I believe he only had eleven against a you know a team that was going to win the national. Do you think title. football would be a better sport if this happened more more frequently? Do you think yeah. college football would be more fun if if isn't isn't this what we keep talking about the the desire for more parity? Yeah, and, but and, and parity is not the same thing as teams losing to teams that aren't even in the same weight class. No, I I don't think it would be. It wouldn't be more fun if that happened more. Although that's fun when it happens. I would like that to stay as rare as it is because it, it is just like, whoa, and it, when it happens. What would make it more fun is if Alabama would lose to Mississippi State a little bit more often. Yeah. Like that, and and <laughs> I, I hate to, you know, pick on teams that lose to Purdue, but like it feels like that's what's, when when Ohio State lost to Purdue a few years ago, when Michigan State lost to Purdue this year, like, well, even when Iowa lost to Purdue this year, uh, it it feels like those are huge moments on those campuses. They certainly look huge when you see the, fan, the fans celebrating them. So, yeah, I'd like to see probably that more often. And I don't, I I don't know if NIL is going to get us that. I I I still have a theory that NIL will distribute the talent slightly more evenly, but not really a lot more evenly. Alabama, Georgia are still going to get theirs. Ohio State's still going to get theirs. I was just like thinking after St. Peter's lost to Kentucky, and obviously that was insane, and it's the Beat story Kentucky. of the tournament. But it happens so frequently that the craziness of it doesn't really. It didn't like the ground didn't shake the way it does when it yeah. shakes in football. Well, I think the Saint like St. Peter's one because we were trying to figure out what the where it ranked among those fifteen two games, and like. The Middle Tennessee State, Michigan State one a few years ago was a very shocking result. But Middle Tennessee State is an FBS school. Didn't Ohio they State have lose a, a five and a fifteen two game last they did. year? They did. So I mean, I feel like it happens every year Oral or every Roberts, other year. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oral, I don't remember what the seeding was, but I think it was fifteen two. It was fifteen two. Um, yeah. And it just like. I guess that's what makes the tournament great because everybody's anticipating it, and that's why making a bracket's fun because nobody can figure it out. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, too, it's just like I feel like that upset is of, of such monumental um, territory, and it doesn't get received that way because it's common. And it's like I don't know if there is 
it, you, know what, you is, know what also it is 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 because the games are coming at us so fast it's like you're already like, in the tip off of the next game right after yeah, that, that happens, happens yeah. you're like okay what's next yeah yeah no it's an it, it really is insanity and like but but and the other thing is it's it's harder i think because people don't appreciate people don't watch college basketball as closely as they watch college football so the the upsets don't mean as much or they ascribe like the football brand of the school like i am currently watching notre dame and texas tech there's four minutes and 28 seconds left notre dame's up by one if notre dame wins this game it is a massive upset Notre Dame was a very inconsistent ACC team that had to go to the first four. But their logo looks cool. Right. But they would have beaten Alabama, which was a, a maddlingly inconsistent SEC team that happened to beat Gonzaga and Baylor during the regular season. Uh, so the, Alabama was one of those teams that like on the right day they could beat anybody, but on the right day they could also lose to anyone. So that wasn't as shocking. But Texas Tech was like the most consistent like lockdown defensive team in the Big 12, I, I realize that, that Kansas won won the tournament and all that, but Texas Tech was a really good team. We'll probably still be talking when this game ends, so we'll let you know what, what happens if, if you didn't watch it. But that would be a massive upset, but nobody will think that because it's Notre Dame. Like, people have Notre Dame in, yeah, the, yeah, in their mind totally, as like an elite program and everything, yeah. but they're not. This this would be a huge upset. I mean, they were almost left out of the tournament altogether. And Texas Tech plays right at, with so much swag. It's so. I mean, I'm upset we're not watching it now. Um, oh, I'm and I would it. turn I would turn it on, <laughs> but I'm afraid that our video is going to cut out because my internet here is uh, is a uh, dial up. So um, <laughs> we're going to get on. that fixed. That's that's why like one of the the we can't do math joke of our podcast the Ari's internet keeps going out Ari Ari record like I have my backdrop behind me that I've it's a beautiful I've been, backdrop I've been curating this backdrop for over a year now I've I've now got it backlit and like all this stuff Ari records on a bed because it's the only place in his house where he can find adequate internet yeah it's it's insane and like the thing that is annoying about it is that when we got the internet I told the guy I said I don't care how much it costs I want the fastest internet and I want it to be effective in the entire house because I guess it's just like the rooms are too far away from where the router is and yeah. I'm buying these nest things, but I heard that you have to have a specific type of internet for the nest things to work. But like I have a beautiful backdrop and an office and a desk, like a normal human being. Your office is great. You got frame stuff got on frame the walls pictures and, of stadiums. Oh, I, I visited wait. And, and, and bands and, I've got a bookshelf. I mean, I, I am not a hobo, and my backdrop <laughs> is a sconce. One sconce. But at and least, by the way, I didn't know go. what a sconce was until I moved into this house. Brit I, didn't, said, I did not your... know what a sconce was until I was a homeowner as well. I walked into my bedroom like the night that we moved in, and Britt was laying in bed, and she goes, look at my sconce. <laughs> you're like i was like i don't i mean i would uh, like to i do i want I mean, to look at your sconce like uh, yeah i definitely want to see your sconce i want to see your sconce and like uh, we were looking Show back and me forth. your sconce baby <laughs> but i said Dude, now but it's a fun word to say like once you hear it and understand what it is do you walk around like yes, every time I say you see it all the time now do you go sconce 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 but like it was with this like weird back and forth she goes look at my sconce and i said what's a sconce and she goes a sconce what you and kids i said are calling it these days sconce and she goes, sconce. And I said, lady, I've never heard that word in my entire life. And she goes, this little light next to your bed is a sconce. 
And I said, oh, I thought you were asking me to look at something completely different. Uh, but I, I, I'm, happy that, I'm happy that we we knocked that down. And it's like, I don't know what it is um, about me. And maybe it's just me. But, like, I'm supposed to be good with the English language, right? Like, as no. a writer, you're supposed to have a... like. Everyone ex- assumes that. They expect Listen, that of me. We need to write at a fourth grade level. We want people to understand what we say. We're, we're not f- writing for, for yeah. a Harvard Business School audience. Yeah, I tried to write conversationally. Um but in a group chat, somebody used the word throuple. Have you ever heard that word? Throuple? I think like it's T H R U P P L E. Throuple. Talking about throuple. Yeah, that would be a, a couple, but three people. Which is never heard really that word in my entire life. A little, little kinky. Yeah, well, that's we because were, you. That's because you're not. You're not a swinger. <laughs> what is that like a sexual term? I, I honestly have never I'm heard. Pretty it before. sure it is. Oh, it's okay. three well, people sorry. in a relationship together. Oh, that's, uh, I thought that was just a fancy way of saying like a three person like party or something. I had no idea. That's a trio. Yeah, that's what, I would have known what trio meant, but they said this is a, because we're all betting the same games. And then the guy that we were getting picks from had a terrible Saturday Mm -hmm. or, or, or Friday. So they dropped off and I continued to tail on Saturday. And we were arguing, and and I said, well, this is what you get for not tailing the picks because you had one bad day. And the guy goes, well, I'm sorry that the, the, the conversation in our group chat's not been fun today, but this is how a throuple works. And I was like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? I like, I honestly have no idea what that means. I think it's thruple. A thruple. I said, yeah. how am I, if I've never heard the word, how am I supposed to pronounce it correctly? Um, um, I, I Context, but you didn't get any context. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, so... I guess I learned what that word means now, and it's maybe an inappropriate word to say on a podcast. Not really. I mean, now that we've defined it, probably if you've got your kids listening, I'm sorry. I've got a, a thruple uh, with my two best friends on basketball games right now. It's, but it's sort of like you remember when that show Big Love came out. I've never seen it, but I know what it is. It's it's a good show. Bill Paxton, Gene Triplehorn, uh, Chloe Sevigny. It's a good show. HBO kind of prestige drama. It, it is what I imagine. It's about plural marriage. It is what I imagine after I w- had been married for a while. Because when you're a kid, when what does that you know, mean? Like, I don't even know what that means. Like multiple when people you have married? multiple mu- multiple wives. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when you're a teenage boy, you're like, whoa, three wives. That would be awesome. Then you've been married a while. You're like. Three wives would mean, oh my God, you have three wives. Like that's three people to yell at you and three people to make you do stuff. And that's, they, they that show captured it perfectly because Bill Paxton is like, it's just a show. Oh, it's a series. Is it, is it, and it's like really good. It was great. Yeah. Bill Paxton no longer with us. Was that on HBO? It was on HBO. Yeah. For yeah. like five seasons. Oh, maybe I'll check it out. I watched oh, yeah, a no. documentary and I don't know if this was the direction we wanted this to go. So it just tell matter. me, stop. I watched this thing, and I think it was on A&E or the History Channel. I don't even know what channel it was on. It was about polygamists in Utah. Yes. And I was, like, so fascinated by the houses that were built into the mountains. Like, so I'm that, like the- that is what they've got in, in the show in Big Love. Now, they're in a suburban Salt Lake City neighborhood. And so from the front, you see three houses. There's one fence around the three backyards, though. So if they go out their back doors, they have a common space for all three families. So it's three separate houses, and each wife gets a house, and this man yes. is supporting the three homes? Correct. He, run, he runs a home improvement super center. Oh, and, and, and 
apparently these houses all are like exposed to the elements or something in one room because they get like a tax break for not having a house completed. Like in Utah, there's a law, I think that, that says I don't that know that, that that's I, I think a, there's a law or something that says if you're still doing construction on your home, that you don't have to pay property taxes on it or something. The, there's the some only, crazy. The only Utah laws that, that I loophole. truly know about are the, the ones about who can get a drink and where. When, when we take the family to, to Park City. You know like, what's crazy is my uh, Brit's brother lives in, in Salt Lake, and we've gone up to visit him a few times, and we've gone to Park City. And I'll say, Salt Lake City is awesome. It is fantastic. And I was, I was telling this, I was talking to someone here who is a Florida fan because they were asking about the whole Utah home and home series because Utah is coming to play at Florida in Gainesville in, in, in the – first game of the season and Florida's returning it, I believe next year or 2023. And I was like, if, if you want to go to a really cool road game, go to the Florida at Utah. Like rice Eccles is awesome. It is yeah. kind of halfway up the mountain. They, they were smart. They didn't, they, they you know, I know there, there was a push to enlarge it. They didn't. It's kind of a band box. It is loud. It's a really cool place to watch a football game. I mean, all those stadiums in Utah seem amazing with the backdrops of those mountains. Like Utah oh, yeah. State Stadium looks insane. BYU Stadium. Have you been to Provo yeah. before? I, I've been to Provo. I've not been to a game there. I have been to a game at Utah, but I've been to Provo, you know, when they were practicing. And it's it's gorgeous. I mean, yeah. the, the whole setup, I, I love how all the campuses have the the letter, you know, made into the built into the rocks in the side of the mountain. So you see the Y over BYU and the U over Utah. Yeah. I always play this game of like, what stadiums would you want to cover a game in that you've never been to before? And Utah stadiums are always high up on my list because it's just oh, yeah. beautiful. We'll be right back after these words. Park City, you know, I think people think that it's far away from. Yeah, it's only like a half hour, never, isn't it? It's like 25 minutes from, yeah. from Salt Lake City. So. It's a it's just a really if you're not even if you're not going there to ski or anything it's just a really cool day trip to go hang out on Main Street and yeah uh, drink at High West and, and go it, to a Patagonia fun. store so you fit in <laughs> you you, you got to hit did Patagonia you drive a Subaru up there the the North Face uh, the it's not it's not Subaru the the vehicle that I've seen in the times I've been there that I'm like I see more of these here than I've seen everywhere else in the world combined is the Dodge Power Wagon, the Ram truck Power Wagon. A lot of those. You got to be able to get up the mountain, got to be able to haul equipment. Yeah. I drove a Ford Explorer up there, and I felt like I was like a man. I had 4x4, four four, uh, you know, was wearing a North Face jacket, had We're a beanie on. I, I realize you just purchased a new SUV. We're going to make you a truck guy one of these years. I do think now that I've, dri I've driven an SUV for a month, that I'm going to have a hard time going back to a car ever. Oh, once you once you've once you ride up high, you don't want to drop back down. It's a shame because getting in and out of my my sedan was the last cardio I had left. But uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it, you're you're going to have to add some squats in because you're just not getting those naturally anymore. But absolutely, yeah. But it is so much more convenient in every way. Yeah. Now we're we're going to make you a truck guy because if you like the elevation of that, just imagine. A lifted truck. I don't know if you know this about me, but we bought a coffee table when we got this house. And mm -hmm. one of uh, my friends that I live here drives an F-150 King Ranch, and he let me borrow it to go get the table, and it yeah, was awesome. that's nice. 
It was, oh, you, was were, like, you were that liking was like, that leather smell. Yeah. The King Ranch has the King Ranch leather seats. Yeah. And that's oh, pretty sweet. Did I did you see that text I sent you? Um about that ranch that sold from Yellowstone? That yes, big one in the, the Texas. Four sixes. Did yeah. you see how much the sales price for that was? No. Guess. Hold on. I, I gotta find uh how many acres it was. It's 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 hundreds of thousands of acres. It is, so, yes. Um it was it was it a billion dollars? No, not or quite. My so it's a 266,000 uh, acre operation. Um, and it's like multiple pastures, I guess is the right word to say it. And there's all these structures and stuff. And the sale price was $341 million. <laughs> wow. I know I overshot it, but I'm still like, well, when I, mean, I hear the price. It makes sense, though, why it could be a billion, because it isn't just like a house. It's a business. Yeah, so you have to take into account you're buying the whole business essentially. Yeah, you have to take into account whatever revenue it's generating. Not to mention all the structures and the just sure amount of land. It's like the biggest ranch in the continental United States, and this one's in Texas. Um, But that, I mean, two hundred. I can't even fathom what two hundred sixty-six thousand acres is. Like, I don't even know like what an acre is. Like, you've seen my backyard. My my backyard is is what forty-three thousand square feet. Okay. I think I can visualize so if you that. Take what your house is, and you know what your square footage is, and multiply. And it, and then you that's put it like the second story on the first story, and then yeah. exactly, exactly. That's a lot of land. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so there yeah, are people out there still, Andy, that are ranchers a hundred percent of the day. Like being a well, cowboy I don't, I don't is a think legit you can profession. Be anything else? Like I think Yellowstone tell you know is lying to us a little bit with a uh, with with Kevin Costner's character being the livestock commissioner and all like I I don't I mean and I guess he's kind of the CEO anyway so maybe he does have time to do that sort of thing but that is a a very labor intensive operation and there are people who live on this ranch in a bunkhouse and Absolutely. do manual labor with cattle and with land all day every day and that's, that's their existence rodeo sprung from them competing with the skills that they use every day on the job. That's what rodeo is. I mean, I feel like, I don't know who's listening. I, I'm not trying to be offensive. That sounds truly awful. <laughs> rodeo or the job? No, no, I've been to a rodeo before. Uh, I, I stuck out like a sore thumb, but I've been to the rodeo. Um, but that job, and I, I respect it. I guess the, the one thing that I do envy is, is that in our computer-driven podcast college football television generated lives Mm -hmm. there probably isn't a lot of time whether unless you're on vacation or on a hike or something where you are out there and you are one with the land which is like a thing and if you're a cowboy like you like the idea of yeah i cleared a flower bed last weekend that's about that's about the extent of it it's not yeah but like doing things like living off the land living with the animals um, and like being a actual human that goes out and makes things with your hands, I think is cool. I'm not saying that I just, I, I <laughs> I'm not saying I I'm ever going to do it, but it sounds no, no, awesome. I'm never going to do any of that. Yeah. But it sounds <laughs> like, Wait, see, like, this is like Billy Gamilla, who, who is one of our listeners who, uh, writes for an LSU blog. He, he wants us to have a sitcom where you are my wacky neighbor and we get into all these adventures. I do think maybe we should start a video series of Ari does stuff for the first time. Oh and yeah, like, you should have you should have seen me put together my first uh, 
the baby has this thing that she sits in now because she's sitting upright mm-hmm. and is using it with her feet to balance and playing with the toys. Everything was a production. Like if a package comes in the mail that requires assembly, Britt will look at me and say, I'm going to leave the house while you have your meltdown. Just let me Here's know. Here's the thing you're though. You, you think you're, and you are terrible at that now. In 10 years, you won't be because you will assemble enough things and you will do enough projects around the house that things will start to make sense to you. Do you want to know my number handy. one, my number one problem when I'm doing these things and you'll laugh and I'm starting, maybe I'm learning a little bit. But the number one mistake that I do when I'm assembling things is tightening bolts too too hard. Over tighten. Oh no, gosh! It, but no, like I I tighten them when I'm not. <laughs> You're gonna done. crack a toilet one of these days. Yeah, well, You're I, gonna I have like, a toilet explode I get on you. Encouraged. I'm like, oh oh cool. I found the screw that fits into this socket perfectly. I lined it up perfectly, and I isn't get that what we're all trying to do? Isn't that what and, every guy is yeah, just trying to do? And I'm, in I'm, life? I'm doing it, and I'm just, and I'm like, I'm gonna screw this in real good, and then like step. And that was step six. And then step 20 is adding something in between the nut. But you don't, you don't notice in, in large letters in, in every manual where it says, do not over tighten. Listen, I'm going to say this. And I'm going to say this, Frank, right, right to you, Lassie. Okay. These instructions on these, <laughs> they are awful. They are. The humans don't even have awful. words. They don't even <laughs> like, have words. So like every, so the only way that I'm able to assemble anything now is if I go to YouTube Correct. and I type in random baby bullshit that I just bought into YouTube and watch <laughs> somebody put it together and I put it together as they're doing it. And even the videos are too fast. They like cut away. They don't show you that like what direction should it. And it's just like, if you're going to put me through this, can you at least make a detailed outline of what I'm supposed to do? Because I like like it when the companies now make some of the companies now make a video. So my wife and I put together our treadmill last year and the company like Nordic track has a video that they produce a YouTube video on how to assemble this model. And it is very like they, they slow it down for you when it needs to be slowed down. And I appreciated that. It, it was it was much easier than trying to read through the instructions. But I will tell you, some of the more simple things will become very easy to you. Like last last week, Ann asked me, can you tighten the door handles yeah, that's, on the upstairs that's happening bedrooms? in my house right now. And so I went and did, like, I, I, I got everything I needed. I got my, my Allen key set. I got my Leatherman uh, that has the, the little skinny flathead because there's two different kinds of ways to pop. There's one that has a set screw and there's one that, that has a little notch. And I did it in like five minutes. And I said to her, I was like, 10 years ago, that would have taken me three hours. I would have never gotten them back together. I'd have been screaming. I'd have gone to, had like to go to Lowe's or Home Depot to buy thing. more. Well, off. so what you do, you you take, you you pop the handle off because these, these are handles, not knobs. So you pop the handle off and then you kind of pry the little cover off. And that's me looking just, at my door handle. And then you, you <laughs> use a Phillips head to tighten. And you got to make sure you get the side that has the, the screw heads on it and, and you just tighten it and you, yeah. And you pop the thing back on that you pried off and you slide the the cover back over or the not the handle back over and you either tighten the set screw or you slide it over the little the little switch and it'll it'll clip in there. And all of that stuff I understand now cuz I messed several of them up and had to redo them uh, five times. 
And it was like, it was crazy because I was thinking about that. I was like, this is how I, I remember how Ari feels about everything as I was doing it. Cause like, I remember just screaming at these door handles. Why don't you work? Why is this so hard? Why can't I do this? You ever this? have that moment where you look up to the, to the skies and say, God, can you just help me out here? Uh, I, uh, <laughs> Every once in a while. Yes. Yeah. I mean, whether, whether I'm putting something together or gambling on a foot on a football or basketball game, I just look, God, can I just be happy? Um, I bought a bed for the guest bedroom, um, and I put it all together perfectly. And then the last step, like the 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 headboard and the footboard, if that's what it's called, mm-hmm. uh, were loose. And I went through all the instructions, mm-hmm. and I labored and labored and labored, and I found out that the uh, screws that were supposed to go into a certain hole were the wrong screws. Oh. And it wasn't on me. It was on them. Uh, and they like but you the, had to they, go back through I all had the to steps, go back take everything apart take yep. everything apart then i had to go to the store and get more bolts that were not in the box when they should have been and then put them back together and i thought to myself doing this stuff is hard enough as it is like putting people through this without even having the correct things in the box and like of course Britt thought it was my fault and I was like this time it actually wasn't my fault and I like worked on it I was sweating I had blisters on my thumb from the screwdrivers and you know I was like I actually really tried to do this correctly screwdriver blisters you don't ever get that did you get that no I I currently have I'm showing you this on the camera uh from raking I've got a every time I I have to rake I I get a nasty blister so I it's like from turning it and the rubber grip on the screw with your wrist if you're using your thumb i had a mm-hmm. huge blister on the edge of my thumb well you would have had to miss a start if you were a major league pitcher for that yeah by the way texas tech is going to survive so not a major upset are they going to no. win by more than eight uh i highly doubtful unless they uh well they're going to keep fouling here there's 10.7 seconds left so uh notre dame's going to make up oh, miss this free throw so they're down Texas Tech is up six. Notre Dame is okay. Uh, not fouling. Did not get the That's foul. That's great. Everybody's Game happy. Over. We're all having a good time. Yeah. Oh, oh, he fouled. No. Oh, they decided not to foul. Game over. Six point win. Sorry. Sorry. I Ari. almost jumped through the screen and strangled you on that one. How are we doing here, by the way? Other uh, than this game, awful, awful day today. What? What, what happened? The biggest play of the day from the pick agency was Wisconsin money line. Oh no. And I watched oh, Wisconsin no. score two points in an eleven minute span. And like if you've ever oh, watched a brutal. basketball game where the team goes and scores two points in eleven minutes, uh I mean my Wisconsin eyes were if you've watched Wisconsin games, yeah, like, no, that's I know, but what that they, was extraordinary. They have some droughts. Close. Wisconsin that and wasn't Iowa a drought. known that for their droughts. Like, and by the way, they're both gone now. That was Walter White burying his money if if you think that they had droughts. <laughs> Except my money hope, actually was. I yeah. hope most of you get that reference. I really do. I really hope they do too. And if they haven't, you ha- whoa, do we have a show for you? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah, that's oh, that's brutal. That, yeah, Wisconsin money line in the NCAA tournament. That just feels wrong. I, I don't. I don't know if if I could ever but put. He was really high on Notre Dame plus Texas in Tech the NCAA tournament. Very high in Notre Dame plus Texas Tech, and if I didn't know that, I would have bet the other side and lost. So, you know, I guess it all kind of, like, because you always thought Texas Tech would have just mauled them. 
Because Notre Dame's not very oh. good at basketball. Well, sure. that's what I would have assumed. Notre Dame's third game this week, legs tired, playing as a team that just suffocates you the entire game. I yeah. would not have expected a game that close. So that this is and look, it's it's interesting because you know, look, we're all in this business taking the money from from the gambling folks, and and we do you know we have the official gambling partner of the athletic BetMGM. I'm not there yet on gambling on sports like I just can't quite get there I get why it's fun and I love lines point spreads I lines and point spreads same thing but over-unders like they're very instructive to me I feel like as historical data they're really really interesting but what's your block on it I don't want to lose my money so like my mental block on it was always I don't want to get fired because, like, for a while there, you oh, weren't yeah. supposed to do it. Yeah, but now it would be very hypocritical if they fired you. Now, I wouldn't bet on a game I was writing about it. Like a no, no, and I never have. But, yeah, I mean, now it would be hypocritical to, to fire somebody for that. I just, it, it, it it's the same thing. Like, I don't like necessarily to gamble in the casino either. When I've done it, I've said, here's my budget. And once I lose this amount, I'm gone. I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm going to do something else. So... If I do dip my toe into it, that's probably how I would. Now, it's still not... The thing is, where I live, I still can't... I can't bet on an app yet. There was that do month you know, Do you where, know what the, the main pool of it is for me? Hmm. It gives you something to root for. Right. Skin in the game. It's, it's exactly what we talk yeah. about in the ad reads, and I, I get it. Like, it's the same reason people watch Red Zone so closely as their fantasy owners or their gamblers. I mean, think about how the thrilling college football games that you watch mm-hmm. and like, imagine adding the idea of having a vested interest in your financial future or, or you can create, yeah, right. Or you can create a vested, vested interest in a game that wouldn't interest you otherwise. Of course. And everything like what watching a Tuesday night in action is a lot mm-hmm. more entertaining that way. That said, I don't gamble enough money where we're going to lose our house. So it's not like it's something that's, it's more right. of an entertainment thing. It's, than it it's is sort of like any, any vice thing. Like I like whiskey and I like beer, but I'm not showing up to work drunk. Here's my thing on vices though. I don't think that it's a vice unless it's impacting you negatively. Oh, I, negatively. I only mean in terms of like what, what yeah. the cops call it, like the vice squad, what they deal with. So do you, do you think that drinking, uh, every day, um, a reasonable amount before bed as a relaxation after a long day is a vice. It's like a nightcap. Yeah, like one or one one or two beers. I don't think so, and and or a glass of wine with dinner. No. Yeah, I think that's. I think moderation in anything is important. It's it's sort of what I'm learning with this diet, which I, I'm not calling it a diet. I, I it's I, a lifestyle. Use, it's a lifestyle change, and it, it has to be a lifestyle change if it's going to work. But moderation is is hard sometimes. If if your personality sends you and that that's me with food i still think about food constantly i still think about like thinking ahead to my next cheat day what am i going to eat you know and but it's interesting because the longer i do this the less i think about it here's the thing so back in my apartment in columbus before i moved to dallas and i guess still here in dallas i had a huge bar area where I had every type of, of booze, 
then every mixer and everything. Cause when people came over, I always wanted to have, that was like a big thing for me. I could walk by that liquor cabinet a hundred times in a day and never look twice at it. Right. But if I have a leftover pizza in the fridge and I'm in my bedroom, every single time I walk into the kitchen and even when I'm not in the kitchen, I'm thinking about the pizza. So like, and for some people, it's the exact opposite. They could have a piece of pizza on the and eat one and like Ugh. be done and satisfied, I, but they can't the, go without people, drinking. The willpower so, of those people amazes me. Like the ability to eat two pieces of pizza and be like, I'm good. Brit, every <laughs> single day possibly I possibly do it. that. Every single day. Well, that's what, so Saturday was a cheat day for me. And I had Sicilian style pizza. Love that about meats. you. It was so good. And but there was some left over and I had I had determined I'm not going to eat it. I figured my son might want it for lunch or for dinner tonight. And so I'm out jogging and my wife asks him what he wants to eat. And he's like, uh, she, she's like, you want the pizza? He's like, nah, I don't really want that pizza. What? And so she calls me. She goes, do you want to you want to keep this? I'm like, throw it away. Just throw it away. Because I will. Well, what's eat wrong with your here. son is what I want to know. He wanted fish sticks. Okay, that's He's acceptable. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, fish sticks rock. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, you know exactly. me. I'm I'm a I'm a proponent of the fried yeah. fish. So he had uh, he had he had fish sticks, green beans, and grapes. So he um, did, he did all right. I I read somewhere that if you have extra food in your house, and your only way to not eat it is to throw it away, that's a sign of an eating disorder. And the only way that I cannot eat food in my house is if I throw it away. Well, I, I would argue that I had one for a long, long time. Not, not in the anorexia bulimia sense, but in the yeah. Just I mean, there's the other ways too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, maybe I, I have be, one. Yeah, yeah. And people say, well, you know, how come you you eat so few calories? How can you do that? Like, because this is the way that works for me. Yeah. Like putting every single calorie in, holding myself accountable for every single one I eat works for me it may not work for you but that is the one thing i found so far that works for me i went to a mexican restaurant with brit this week and we sat down and they have these amazing house-made tortilla i mean uh, corn tortilla chips both and she had another one that's a problem for me (laughs) well everybody nobody sits in a mexican restaurant it doesn't smash the whole bowl so she had like eight or ten and I was like, are you going to have any more chips? And she goes, no, I already ate what I said I was going to eat when I came in, and I'm not going to have any more. And I'm like, can you teach me this? That's like, what amazing. is this method that you have that you're able to do this? And maybe that's why she's uh, very thin and in shape, and I can't see my feet sometimes. So, you know, we're all working on we're all working on it together. But uh, <laughs> We're all working on me. We're, we're all, yeah, Bill Burr said this, and I thought it was funny. He goes, the one thing I've learned about being in a relationship is we're always working on me. <laughs> you said it last episode too. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, why I remember. I, I found that to be very relatable. Britt is a uh, perfect uh, completed project, and I'm in transition. Uh, but I think that's good. I, I, because I feel like our marriages are pretty similar, where we marry people who are very ambitious, smart, and and just do things. It, it's weird because we make fun of people who say this about football coaches. They do it the right way. But, like, I would say Anne runs a developmental program, like, for herself. Like, she lives her life in a very measured, meticulous so way. So Anne is like Mark D'Antonio at the top of his game? 
Exactly. Exactly. Like she can take Darquez Denard out of Dry Ranch, Georgia, and turn him into a first rounder. I uh, wonder, like, what Coach Britt would be. Well, I think she, it sounds like she's got a lot of those same qualities that that you know, kind of the Kirk Ferentz mold. The it's not easy, but here's how you do it, and this works. Yeah, which I think honestly, she's also flashy as hell. Does Anne have a Nordstrom problem? Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she she she's got she's got one of those purses with the L's and the V's on it and, yeah. and all that. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll talk about this off air, I guess. But, but uh, listen, hey, no, it, this is and this yeah, is you hard. and I. You and I have talked about this. They they earn it. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. They can afford it. I don't so care what she who's, buys. Who's to criticize? I, just, I don't so. feel like I don't feel like Kirk Ferentz is flashy enough. That's true. Well, I, I would say I, that that Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, all of the people who succeed, they set a standard, and you just have to keep meeting the standard. But we're the recruiters here, guy, not them. I guess. Yeah, I just that they are demanding, but in a good way. Like it's more, it's more like setting a good example more than anything else. I think. Yeah, no, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, that that's the part that that, that amazes me is because I and, and I told I told Anne this the other day. I'm like, I'm not good at just sitting around anymore, and I blame you for that. Like now, I'm actually looking for projects to do and ways oh. to make myself useful, and I I I miss being able to sit on the couch, but I can't do it because I feel guilty watching her come up with something that needs to be done and then doing yeah. it. Yeah. It does sound very similar. Yeah. Since I well, moved to Dallas, I haven't had a single day with her where we woke up on Sunday morning, ate breakfast, watched TV all day, and then went to bed. You'll never have it, one it's, again. I'm warning you like, now. And it's that's gone. what I used to do when I was yep. covering Ohio State as a beat writer. My favorite thing to do in the entire world was cover a game on Saturday somewhere and work really hard, write a great story, feel really good about yourself, and then wake up in the morning on Sunday. And this was my happy place before I met Britt. Put all your NFL bets in, uh, get your fantasy lineup in, open the windows when it's 60 degrees outside, light a few candles, order a Domino's, and just lay there and watch football from noon till 11 p.m. <laughs> Wait, so having now heard all the different things about you, and so the picture in my mind is... is Something. Shirt off. So your tarp off. Tarps right? off. Yeah. So you're on the couch. Is the Domino's box laying on your shirtless nope. chest? That's the what Domino's I want it box to be. Laid I on want to the... imagine that you you need the the least air. You know, it has to travel the least distance to your mouth, so you have it on your chest. I had a uh, had a coffee table that was the same material as the couch I had in that apartment. The Domino's pizza, Can't and if you order Domino's and look at cheesy bread, you're a psychopath. I always had the cheesy bread. And I put that on there, and I would lay on the, my, on the couch on my back, laptop on my chest, watching GameCast of all the games that weren't on TV, and then Red Zone was on the television. And I would do that for eight straight hours, texting my friends, obsessing over fantasy, betting on sports, getting in live, doing all those things. And then at the end of the night, at the end of the Sunday night football game, which is usually around 11 o'clock on Sundays, I used to watch 60 Minutes. 
That was my that was my Sunday night. <laughs> I'd watch it for an hour. Morally safer is your closer. <laughs> my closer was always sixty minutes. I would DVR it. I would watch sixty minutes, and I would go to sleep around twelve thirty, full, fat, happy, informed on current events, and either rich or poor based on the way that day went. And it, and I like would go to bed with a smile on my face. And I haven't had a single day like that since I moved. There's here. a Simpsons flash forward where where Bart gets up to like four hundred pounds. And he says something like, I wash myself with a rag on a stick. Like, that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> yeah, it, it was after a day like that. Pure laziness. There's no question about it. But there is something beautiful about just laying there after a long days of hard work um, and enjoying yourself. And I love watching football. And it was simplistic. You know, it was fun. It was my own thing. And like I was with my friends because people would come hang or i'd you know we had facetime we were all betting would you the actually same get off the couch when they arrived to they, greet them? they let themselves in um <laughs> the only time i would go to the get up would be to go to the bathroom or to pick up whatever i ordered for dinner off uber eats that night what a life oh that's why i, I have I, that's why i'm in a position where i have to lose a bunch of weight because yeah smart smartphones didn't exist when i could live a life like that so it is amazing when you think about that Back in the day, like maybe seven years ago, you actually had to get off your ass and call somebody and say, I want to pick a to-go order. And you had to go to that restaurant yourself. And if you wanted something specific, you had to make the effort to go get that specific thing. And now when you're on Uber Eats, it's basically like every restaurant in your town. So it's like if I wanted a specific pizza that was in Dublin when I was in Columbus and it was a 25-minute drive, I'd have to get in the car and drive 25 minutes, pick it up, and come home. And now you could get anything you want delivered to you at your door without getting up no matter what. And it's actually not that expensive. Like it's like 10 bucks to have somebody do that. I'd pay 10 bucks. We are absolutely headed toward the world of Wally. Like you are one of those people in Wally. <laughs> Does that day not sound great you? to you though? I hate to say it after years of living this other way. No. Well, I'm only doesn't. in year two of the other way, and I got to say it. And I love my favorite thing to do now is run errands and get stuff done with Brit. I, I love her, and I love doing those types of things very much. But one of those days every now and then wouldn't kill anyone. I still like watching football. And like, I will say. Well, do you watch the, the NFL? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I watch like, I obsessively and- watch the NFL. Like, I really enjoy it. Yeah, like well, like Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, we, you know, if you followed this podcast for a while, you the saga of putting in a pool and all that stuff. So we got the pool. The pool works. Uh, there's a TV outside that you can watch from the pool. I was watching basketball from the pool all Friday afternoon, drinking beers. It was spectacular. Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't have a pool. I lived in a eleven hundred dollar bachelor pad, uh, but. You know, that was like life was simple then. And it was like Sunday is your only pure day off as a college football writer in the fall. Yeah, it, it's it's diff, it was different. Cause that, that was exactly when I was a beat writer. That that was the truth. Now, Friday is more of your light day. So two years ago, Landis and I went on a road trip. Uh, and I think he'd be ashamed if I told everybody this. But Bill Landis, our so Ohio State, by writer, all means, please tell us <laughs> we we uh we had a road game somewhere. It was a Big Ten game somewhere, and it was freezing outside. And for whatever reason, the news conference wasn't until Tuesday. And we were on the road together, and it was like 10 in the morning, and we were driving back after a night game. And I was like, you know what? We're in a legal state for gambling right now, so you can download the DraftKings app. Do you want to get two rooms at the 
Fairfield Inn, like right off the road here, and just sit there and watch. No, I know what it was. It was an Ohio State game that was on Friday night. Okay. And I don't remember why it was on Friday night, but it was it was an off night. And we were like, do you want to just like, instead of going home now, just call your girlfriend and say, we'll be home Sunday. Just get a hotel room at this at this Fairfield Inn, get adjoining rooms, and just lay on the couch and watch football <laughs> this is the together. Most romantic all day. thing I've ever heard. And it honestly, and we ordered pizza, and I think we went to at night after watching football all day. We either went to or ordered in from Buffalo Wild Wings, and we watched it was a Penn State Michigan game. It was two years ago. It was a night game. It was awesome, and it was one of the best days of my life. It actually sounds like a lot of fun. That, we were both betting crazy parlays. We were we got pizza ordered in. We had we were tweeting because it was about college football. Like I was super engaged. Did you and tweet it was just something awesome ridiculous day. that got you bashed online? Probably, yeah. You know, some some knee jerk reaction that I had to say that that moment that proved to be incorrect an hour later. Probably, but you know, it was fun. Aria, I, I'm curious among our listeners, how many people heard the tale of that day and said. That sounds like a dream day. A Fairfield Inn off the highway in brand new Fairfield Inn Iowa with sweet nights. Oh, the, well, there you go. The suites yeah. in a Fairfield Inn are nice, especially a new one. So, and the, if you don't know, they have two TVs. So there's like a, there's oh, all I, one I, long I room. There's a suite yeah. couch television, and then there's the bed television. And we had two but games going. But you can going, see them both if you work correctly. You can see you work them work both. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Now, the only tricky part is your remote will work both of them. So don't change the yeah, channel. Yeah, that's right. Well, we've given out a lot of life advice today. We've watched uh, we've watched Texas Tech survive an upset that probably 99% of the people would not have realized was a major upset if it had happened. Uh, Ari bet the Wisconsin money line in the NCAA tournament, which I cannot believe anybody ever recommended. We've learned a lot. That, yeah, that's really hard. all there is to it. Life is so, hard. So I want to know... From those of you who who stayed with us this entire time, do you feel like that day that Ari just described is that heaven? Is that hell? Is that purgatory? What what is that to and you? And don't forget sixty I, minutes too, because like watching sixty minutes after a long day of football to kind of yeah, like four stories about like current events. It makes you feel smart. Makes you feel informed. I always find it to be super Andy entertaining. Rooney. Oh wait, no, probably not Andy yeah. Rooney anymore. But and then it turned Back into in the like day. the COVID show, and then I stopped kind of watching it because every story was about COVID. Um, well, I I, I want to know how you feel about that. We got a big week planned for you. Remember last year we did the coach rankings in every league, and it was sort of I think it kind of happened organically during a show, and we ran we wound up ranking one league, and then we decided let's do all the other Power Five leagues. Well. Some stuff has changed because I think if we're talking about SEC jobs and ranking them, we, we need to include Texas and Oklahoma now, since if you have the Texas job or the Oklahoma job, you can reasonably expect to coach in the SEC at some point. Uh, ditto for if you have the, the BYU or UCF job, you can reasonably expect to coach in the Big 12. So we're going to redo those rankings again this year, and we're going to start this week. We're doing Big 12, and we're doing SEC this week. Uh, Ari's got... Stars Matter with, with Mitch Light. It's going to be a fun, fun week. NCAA tournament still going on. Coach K still playing. Uh, we we may have a, a Coach K's last game podcast at some point. It ain't going to be tonight. They're, they're still dancing. So everybody have fun. Enjoy the basketball. And then come back to us 
and we'll talk some college football. We'll talk to you later.